Amen. That's great. Good. Are we on? Can we hear? Fantastic. Great. Okay. Well, last week, um, Ed kicked off our series of Belong, Believe, and Become and spoke of how Jesus uh, kind of went out of his way to meet Zacchaeus and how he modeled that sense of going out of our way to meet people and to draw people. Zacchaeus was up a tree. Not only did he meet in the tree, but then he went to his home, his most personal place. He went to where Zacchaeus was. So for 10 years since we uh, had the great joy of uh, starting the Light Church, we have endeavored to build a welcoming and inclusive community, a place where people can belong first. Everybody okay with that one? Belong first. Just listening to that testimony of James there. He belonged first. He belonged in the church first. And then that we'd create a place where people have time to consider the astonishing gospel message. A place where they could become to believe. And then a place where they could be drawn deeper into what it means to live out our faith and continue to become all that we believe awaits all of us as believers of Christ on the journey that we are taking together. For me, Matthew 11, 28 through to 30 are some of the most powerful verses that I, for me personally, I believe Jesus spoke. Um, for me, they reflect his heart of belonging and believing and becoming. And they've resonated with me for the last 25 years. As I looked at the verses again this week, I realized just it's kind of got to be one of the most sort of hammered parts of my Bible. It's kind of the place I go all the time because it just feeds me and reminds me of, of, of what I want the church and myself to kind of reflect. And, and it says this, Jesus said, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can feel Jesus' heart as he speaks to, to draw people to belong first, to be gentle and kind, understanding. He is the gospel of hope. He brings a message in those few lines that you can believe and then go on to become all that Jesus has for everyone who heard that message when he spoke it, but also as it resonates through the ages. Come to me, rest, learn, and you will find. It's just wonderful. And in the, the message version, I, I, again, I love the message version. I often think it was written for all of us in Bradford. I think it's great. I love the clarity of it and the kind of cutting edge, the paraphrasing. It really has life. It says, are you tired and warm out? Yeah, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you will learn to live freely and to live lightly. Again, wonderful to have um, that amazing testimony from James there. As he's doing his testimony, I'm, I know what I'm going to say in a few minutes. And I'm going, there you have it. There you have it. In his life, 
in his joy, in his rest, in his hope, in his peace, in his knowledge, in him belonging first and believing. And you can't help to see he is becoming. He has a likeness of spirit, which is what he has himself discovered through the faith. We've tried to build here at the Light Church a community and get the balance of being a place where people are drawn to belong. A place where they can find their own faith, their own belief, and then grow in that faith to become wherever they are to become. A really good friend of mine, uh, Simon Bennon, um, wrote this book called uh, The Peach and the Coconut. Um, I've spoken on this book before. We've spoken on this principle. And this really does, for me, kind of sum up um, what we believe as a church, how we want to be, how we want to reach and be open to people to come to find the rest and the peace that Jesus speaks about in his word. To paraphrase it, um, in principle it says, we need to be a church that's inclusive. We need to be easy to get to know. Now, we tried this morning to find a peach in Bradford. We just wanted to let you know there are none. <laughs> so, we found one here. So, yeah, so that's the peach. And also, I've got a picture here, so we'll do with the peach here and the peach there. So we kind of filled the gap of not having one. But what he was saying is that a peach is really easy to get into. The reason why we couldn't buy a peach earlier than today was that if we'd have bought it earlier, it would likely have been brewed. It's easy to kind of easy to indent. It's a very easy fruit to get into. It's also a little bit messy when you get into it. But it's, it's attractive. It's warm. It kind of it, it lets you in easily. There's no barrier to getting into a peach. By the way, if you are struggling to get into peaches, we are going to run a special session later on how to get a peach, okay? You can either drop it or just bite into it because it's easy. It's easy. It's got some attraction there. And also, when you get in, it doesn't disappoint. Everybody okay? It's got a sort of... It doesn't dis- disappoint. Um, Simon kind of uh, wrote this, um, which I thought, again, uh, kind of sums it up. A peach is very easy to get into. The skin doesn't offer much resistance. Um, that's because that's what peaches simply are like. Are like. In an apple you get some resistance. In a banana you get a skin. It protects it. But with a peach it's just so easy to get into. And he says that was certainly what the community of Jesus looked like. From the vantage point of the Pharisees. They couldn't understand the company that Jesus kept. The people that he associated with. The very people he wanted to hold. The, the very people they wanted to hold at arm's length. And have nothing to do with Jesus wanted them to come in. He wanted them to come in. And I believe that's what we as a church have endeavoured to do. But also at the core of a peach is, is a strength. It's something of real structure. The same with a peach. A peach has got something in the centre that is undeniable. That you will reach if you eat a peach. You will get to the, you will get to the core. And I believe that also epitomises the sense of strength and belief we have in the gospel. The gospel of hope. That this is Jesus that we are speaking about. This is Jesus you can get to me. There's some substance to this, this church. There's some substance to the gospel. And he compares it with a coconut. Um, I mean, it's not particularly attractive, is it? Um, yeah, Simon talks about in his book about going to a, a fair to a coconut shy where you, first of all, it's quite hard to even get one. And then when you get one, getting into it. So first of all, you check it to make sure there's, it's a real one. Okay, this one is. 
and then you try to get the juice out, which involves normally going and getting a drill and putting it between your legs and drilling in it. Quite a dangerous thing, health and safety. Don't try that at home. And then even when you've done that and you get the stuff out, it's not that. You're not too sure about it. By the way, if you love coconut, forgive me for being anti-coconut this morning. And then you want to get into it then. Then you really get exciting. We're talking hammers, chisels, stones, rocks, doors, you name it. You're trying to get into it. And the truth is, even when you get into it, normally it all falls apart and it's pretty empty. And never quite tastes like you thought it would when you first won it. Again, that's not what we believe that the church should be. It should not be a hard thing to engage with. It shouldn't be a difficult thing. And my own faith journey, I feel, reflects these three aspects. When I first uh, met with Paul uh, and Shasti, um, I was in a mess. Um, the full impact of my broken lives and the mistakes I've, I've made were not on public view. That was to come a little bit later. I was isolated. I was withdrawn. Um, I was in trouble. I wasn't very well. And when they connected me, with me, it was really easy. It was really easy to get to know them. It was really easy to become part of their life. They reached out to me. I remember being invited just to a barbecue. And I remember what that meant to me. That I could just... Somebody wanted me to come into their life. They were welcoming. They were and still are. This simple act of warmth and openness. This simple act of valuing me as an individual. This simple act of saying, "You, we care about you. We want to help you. How can we help you? Please let us help you. We want the best for you. This warmth and openness was really the thing that unlocked my soul. It was the thing that opened me up to the fact that somebody cared for me. At that stage, as many of you will know if you've been through difficult times in your life, it's very isolating and lonely. I mean, again, we heard it there from James. But they opened themselves and showed me and cared for me. And it began to melt. My heart was melted. My soul, my insides were affected by their their warmth and their openness. They invited me to their house. They invited me to meet other people like-minded who also equally didn't judge me or condemn but welcomed, were warm. And I, be I belonged first. I belonged into their sphere. I belonged in their family. I belonged in their church before I became to believe. I encountered the central core, not only of their life, but of the life of the small church. I encountered their firm faith, their belief, that was the heart of their lives. I encountered their faith was affecting their lives. I encountered the realness of their belief that they were here for others. Their passion to help and reach and care was strong and firm. And when I encountered it, it impacted me. And I thought, that's what I want. That's what I want. And of course, 25 years ago now, I chose, I chose to believe. They created an environment that give me, gave me some space to reflect on the deeper issues of life. They created a place that was safe for me to look at the scriptures and allow his spirit to enter and for me to believe. And I started a journey of becoming um, what perhaps God had for me. And believe, yeah, we all know that that journey continues for all of us. Amen. We're all on a journey. We're all becoming what God has for us as we walk this life. As a church... Um, we show Jesus' love um, to so many through our social action. 
um, our food bank, yeah, our early early intervention and education centre, reaching young children who are in yeah in danger of being excluded or young teenagers who have been excluded through our partnership with CAPA, Debt Centre, Job Club, um, all the work we do with our cafe, our community work, what we're doing is we're being a peach to this city. We're saying, come on in. Come on and meet our community. We welcome you in. We've got something inside this place that is helpful, that is caring, that will help you as an individual first. And then here's the community. And the thing I love about... um, about the light churches often when people talk about the community which is wonderful they're actually not initially talking about this the church community they're talking about their community that they've met in their job club or they're talking about the community they've met in life schools or they're talking about the community they've already met so when they actually come into this community they already know people here and then they encounter you and normally you're okay (laughs) amen You're way, way better than okay. One of the things that thrills me, and I know all of us as a leadership team and anybody who's been around a while, whenever you hear someone who's been drawn to the church and they talk about the welcome and they walked in and they felt welcomed. And yes, you can do that with an amazing welcome team and you can do that with everything we try and do as a church, but it's not that that they're feeling. They're feeling your welcome. They're feeling your openness. They're feeling your desire to engage, welcome, and embrace them. And we believe that that is the right way around. For me, and for many, belonging was and is the first stage of our faith. But then, after believing, comes the becoming. I remember, um, yeah, my first two years after I, after I found faith, and I'm sure this journey continues 25 years later, um, the truth is, uh, I often joke, but I often think I must have been sort of the worst baby Christian in the history of baby Christians, really. Although, obviously, looking around here, I'm sure some of you could give me a run for my money. Um, and when I say that, what I mean is, so yes, I had truly found faith. I truly had accepted Jesus as my personal saviour. But the circumstances I was in personally, how I was, was needed time. Um, yeah, I was in trouble. I when on my marriage failed, I had made poor choices in my life. I'd spiraled downward. And over those two years, I did struggle a little bit with my faith. I certainly struggled with bringing my life in line with what I knew to be right. I struggled with making poor decisions. I made some poor relationship decisions. I made some poor decisions. I just did. It was a very difficult two years for me. And yeah, some of that difficulty, as with all of us, our lives have challenges and difficulties. But this is what the community did for me. It allowed me to become what Jesus had for me by being gracious and kind and forgiving and never giving up and always being there and praying again. And of course, not only did the church do that, but my faith and relationship with Christ was, yeah, was epitomized by his grace for me. There's always another chance, John. I could always ask for his forgiveness and receive it. I could always go again. I could always try again. And that combination of the spirit of Christ, the forgiveness and grace that is there for all of us in all our journey with God. But also, 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 I have to say the community that I was in absolutely was a big part of that. The truth is I'd never have got through on my own, I don't think. I just wouldn't have done. I I would not have got through on my own. And I believe that is the same for all of us. I was never judged, 
I was never rejected. They were saying that, John, we care for you. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain I wouldn't have in any way become what I've become. But I also want to tell you that that becoming continues to this day. Amen? Whether you've walked with Christ for two weeks, two days, two years, 20 years, or 40 years, listen, we're all becoming. Amen? You know, I'm still working through some stuff. I still need times when I need friends to be around me and encourage me. I still need forgiveness and grace. I still need what this community brings to me personally and to my family. I'm going to need this community for the rest of my time here on earth, providing I keep coming to the Light Church. That's not a threat, by the way. And I think it's the same for all of us. I think it's just the same for all of us. Those light groups, those friends, the community that you're involved in, it's all part of God's master plan that you should become what you should become. And I know, looking around, I can see there are so many people who know that they've come through some stuff because of the community. Yes, because of Jesus, absolutely, but also because of the community. And that's why it's important to be part of of a community. So, what are the challenges for us as individuals when we look at being an inclusive community. Where are the challenges? I believe, in essence, there are, there are three challenges that we as individuals need to acknowledge and respond to. Number one, to create the community. Number one, it is hard work. It is hard work. Everybody okay with this? It just is. Creating a community takes hard work. It does take hard work. And also, developing a community that's inclusive makes it all about others. Changes your from you to others. It makes you go out into other people's lives. And to live in community, you have to learn. You have to learn to get on with others. And as we build this inclusive community where people can first belong, then believe and become, requires all of us to work at these three things. So it's hard work. In Hebrews 13, Verse 16 in the message version, it says this. It says, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. That's a good word for all of us this morning, yeah? Not to get slack in working for the common good. That's what inclusive community is. It's not about you. It's about the community's good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship a different kind of sacrifice that takes place in the kitchen, the workplace, and on the street. The community of the Light Church only works because we all work at it. Do we always want to serve on Kids Church? Do we always want to be in the worship band? Do we always want to serve tea on a Sunday? Do we always want to be a Light Group leader? Do we always want to give? Do we always want to pray? Do we always want to help everybody all the time? Do we always want to go the extra mile? Do we always want to support and encourage and be there? And t- Do we always want to do that? There's not many people going like this. Everybody's going like this. And you know that? That's real and that's okay. Do I always want to go to a leadership meeting on a Wednesday night? No. Do I always want to do the stuff that God asked me to do to play my small part and all of us play that small part? And this inclusive? Absolutely not. But that's where the, that's where the fruit comes in your own life. It's changing you from being all about you. It's changing you. Hard work for others is changing your focus from yourself and moving you into the into the next session, that it changes you. And I hope, yeah, if you were here on Easter Sunday and you saw those nine people 
being baptised, when you hear the testimonies like you've heard this morning. For me, one of the great joys in the Light Church is the fact that I play a small part in a community that sees transformation in people's lives. I leave with a smile on my face. I get a sense of God's smile over all of us. Not one person could possibly have done what you heard this morning. Not one individual or one couple could possibly have done what we heard in the testimonies a couple of weeks ago. It's our inclusive community and you are part of that community. And being part of that community is hugely important. Secondly, it makes it all about others. To build an inclusive community where people can belong, believe and become requires it to be about others. Philippians 2, 1 to 8 in the NIV. Oh, I love this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humi- humble Humility, yeah, rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests, yeah, of others. Father, um, if we are to reflect the heart that Jesus, our Saviour, has to the world, it can't be all about you. It has to be all about him. And it has to be all about others. It just has to be. Um, if I can, yeah, uh, yeah, share, yeah, what J.F. Kennedy said, where he said, you know, ask not what you can do for your nation. Ask not what your nation can do for you. Ask what you can do for your nation. That was a famous rallying cry. Yeah. I'd like to put it this way. Ask not what the kingdom of God and others can do for you, but ask what you can do for the kingdom of God and for others. And that thrills my heart when I see what we do through as a church. It thrills me to see that happening. In Philippians 2, slightly earlier than those verses, in 1 to 4, yeah. If you've gotten anything out of all, at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in the community of the Spirit means anything to you, yeah, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, yeah, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the front, don't sweet-talk your way to the top, put yourself aside. And help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Again, these are powerful and challenging verses. These are powerful and challenging sentiments. But I know personally that I need that challenge. Anybody else need that kind of challenge? We just do. Fundamentally, we are, we are going to come into ourselves. Fundamentally, we are going to navigate almost to ourselves if left to our own thinking. But that's what the gospel does. It challenges our thinking and turns us from the inside out. 25 years ago, 
It was all about me. 25 years ago, it was me, what I could get for my benefit. My life revolved around me. It just did. And still, 25 years later, we're all the same. Of course, there are aspects of making sure that we're okay, making sure that we're in a good place to be able to help others. But fundamentally, Jesus Christ changed me and he's changed you to make it not about you, but to make it about others. And in that one thing, the power of the gospel, the power of Christ in turning you from yourself to others, I believe is reflected in so many lives that are changed in our community. When we engage with others, when we help, when we serve, when we care, when we give, when we volunteer, in some ways, wonderfully, I believe that we are the ones who in some way are benefiting. I believe that as we give, yeah, a few hours to help others, and if you've not done that recently, I would suggest you do. Um, go and do a few hours in the food bank. Go down and volunteer at a job club. Get involved in our early intervention. Get involved in our work. Listen to the challenges that others face. Listen to the needs that they have. It opens you up to two things. Number one, to live grateful. Um, I'm determined to live my life grateful. I just am. I'm just going to live it grateful. So I'm going to remind myself of where I've come from. I'm going to remind myself of where people are. I'm going to listen to other lives that are devastated and broken. I'm going to realize what God's done in my... So I'm going to live grateful. And then out of that gratefulness, yeah, I'm going to give a generous spirit as much as I can to as many as I can. And yeah, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Indeed it does. And by helping others and it not being about you, I'm telling you, your life will get larger. Your impact will get greater. You will change more lives. Your faith will mean more to other people. Come on, Jesus. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And then finally, to live in community, you have to get along with others. You have to build inclusive community where people can belong, believe, and become. requires us all to get on. It demands unity. It really, really does. James 3 17 to 18. It says, real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life that is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessing. Not hot one day and cold the next. Not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity and honour. I'm probably going to be a little bit controversial here, but I just think sometimes it's important to say what, how you believe this thing is. Um, one of the things that often uh, sort of saddens me more than anything is I realise that as a community, I realise as a leadership team, uh, we make mistakes and we get things wrong. Everybody okay with that? We just do. We just do. We're human. We get things wrong. But when I see that sense of something not being right or a person finds themselves drawn away from being in a community, in a church, not this church, but any church, first of all, I understand some of the heartache that church in itself can bring. I understand some of the dynamics of relationship and some of the things that people can do that seem to hurt. I can understand how, yeah, I can understand how for some people it feels harder to stay and easier to leave. I'm going to be okay on my own. And I do meet people who go through that journey. And whilst I very much respect their choices, absolutely. 
but they'll often set off with a sense of, I'm okay with just me and God. We're okay. We're doing all right. My faith is doing well. And I'm not saying it isn't doing well. But I tell you what, your faith and your character is grown by being in a community. Amen? It is. Being at church on a regular basis and hearing the word of God delivered in a way that you can take it and run with it is going to keep you moving on in your relationship with Christ. The challenge that church brings to you. This morning you'll have had some. Although it may feel uneasy and it might feel easier to not have that challenge. Listen, that challenge is good and that is right. Read the gospel. Read Jesus' words. They are full of challenge. They are full of in your face. This is what you should do. All surrounded by grace and understanding if that's something you find difficult. So for me, church isn't about what I can get out of church. It's about what I can give into church. And by doing that, I would say personally, when I look at my own life, when I look at my family and the next generations, I thank God for the community of church. I thank God for the light church. I thank God for what I see. I thank God for the friends that I have. I thank God for the people we're reaching. This week, there's going to be so many people in this city who are really glad we're here. One of the things that I had um, when when we started the church, one of the things that was kind of resonated with me and has resonated ever since over the last 10 years was this. I always got a sense of, to ask myself continually the question, who would notice if you shut? Okay, that was a question that I used to ask myself. Who would notice if this church shut? And yeah, the people who would come on Sunday, hopefully you'd notice. But I always had a sense that maybe, just maybe we could build a community. That if we ever did shut, and we're not shutting. We're going on. We're going to build a mission center that can reach more people. That people will be, in essence, banging on our door. And I'm telling you, that is happening. People are banging on our food bank door. Poor people who need food are banging on it. People whose lives are devastated, like James, with debt and all the stuff that goes with it, are banging on our door, are ringing up to get appointments for gas to go and see. For people who've been unemployed for years are coming to our job club and banging on our door going, I need help, you've got the help. And in some way, I believe, that people are banging on the door of this community. But we want to be a community that is open and ready and welcoming and caring. Where our focus isn't on us, it's on others. That we're creating a peach-style place where people can enter easily, discover something of great value, and worth and need. But at the centre, find that core of belief that changes us as individuals to want to build that inclusive community. Let's continue to be a place where people can first of all belong. And then they get time and space for them to believe. And we're a place that all of us can continue to become all that Jesus Christ has for each and every one of us. Let's give Jesus a clap for what he's done.